Good morning, everybody. Good morning and welcome to this, our special Remembrance Sunday service here at Essex Church, where this community of Kensington Unitarians meets each Sunday for worship. As, as Unitarians, we do not have one message to proclaim on a day such as this. Some people here are pacifists and view war as a crime against our very humanity. Some people may consider war a sometimes terrible necessity. And your lives, just like the lives of all other human beings, will have been touched by war in different ways because war is an uncomfortable reality for us all. Last Sunday, some of us coloured uh, in the poppies we have on our table today. and We talked about the symbolism of red poppies the flowers that grew in such profusion on the churned up battlefields in World War I, the white poppies that symbolise a commitment to peaceful means of resolving conflict, and the purple poppies that remind us of all the animals who serve and suffer in warfare. And our chalice flame is lit, and may this living flame, symbol of our worldwide progressive religious faith, May it burn brightly today to commemorate all those whose lives have been taken or blighted by warfare the world over, not least of whom are the civilians, as well as those who fight and are wounded or killed in wars. Let us remember the old and the young, the animals and all those caught up in warfare, not as participants, but as shocked and frightened bystanders. May this, our sacred flame, burn brightly today as we remember and reflect. On the little hymn sheet which was included with your order of service, there is um, a responsive reading which I'm going to invite you to join in speaking together. It's called, We Lift Up Our Hearts. And I found myself thinking yesterday when I was getting this ready, well, what does it mean to lift up our hearts? It's, it's, the wording is from an early Christian liturgy, it's, and it's rich in meaning. You are free to bring your own meaning to those words, lift up your hearts. For me, it's a reminder that, that some matters on this earth are too great for me to resolve or even to understand. I find a real comfort sometimes in lifting some aspect of life up to a power greater than our own. And lifting up our hearts is a gesture of honouring. It's, it's a collective act. It values hope and progress in the face of human foolishness and folly. So I wonder what meaning you'll find in these words that I invite us to say together. Um, if you would join in saying the words in italics, or if you prefer the others, join in those instead. A prayer for our world. For all who die in war, we lift up our hearts. For all who live in suffering in the aftermath of violence, we lift up our hearts. For all who give their lives in smoke and flame, we lift up our hearts. For all who go on in honour of the dead, we lift up our hearts. For all who have served, we lift up our hearts. For our countries and our world, we lift up our hearts. 
For a planet that will find peace, we lift up our hearts. For the young and the innocent, we lift up our hearts. For the weary and war-torn, we lift up our hearts. For those who would pray, we lift up our hearts. For those too angry or fearful to cry, we lift up our hearts. For all of us, and for the many names of God, we lift up our hearts. We lift up our hearts. Shanti, Shalom, Peace, Salam. Amen. Thank you. This is the start of Interfaith Week here in um, um, Britain, and um, so I, I want to bring that concept into our uh, time of prayer and reflection this morning. So I call on the spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together here this day. As we mark the start of Interfaith Week, let us dedicate ourselves this day to the shared tasks of society, the making of connections between different groups, healing divisions, working harmoniously to resolve social issues born of poverty, ignorance and injustice. As Unitarians, we can celebrate all that connects our world faiths, the fundamental shared values that unite all people of goodwill. We can celebrate the distinct features of each faith and be enriched by their unique qualities. And we can work tirelessly and with respectful curiosity to increase opportunities for dialogue and to deepen understanding. So I invite you, if you wish now, to take a moment to think of a group or an individual who you find difficult to accept. And let's sit for a moment with the thought, what can we do to remain more open-hearted towards those who are different from us? And let's take a moment now, if we so choose, to think of individuals or groups for whom we are concerned be they people close to us or, or people whose lives we hear of in the news. <coughs> Is there some action, however small, that we could take this day to ease some suffering? And if there is no action that we can take, can we remain an open-hearted and loving witness to the struggles of others. And on this Remembrance Sunday, as we remember all those affected by warfare, 
May we both as individuals and a community commit ourselves to the task of living our lives for the peace and well-being of our society, our wider global community and our planet Earth home. May our lives truly express our faith and our values this day and all days. Amen. In a moment, we're going to hear a poem by Archibald MacLeish. He was an American poet who fought here in Europe during the First World War and who wrote this poem after the suffering of the Second World War. Today at the Cenotaph here in London, a large crowd will be marking the 100th anniversary of the armistice that brought the First World War to an end. So terrible had been that carnage wrought by that war, immediately described as the Great War, and the war to end all wars, that people throughout Europe must have hoped that peace would prevail. But it was not to be, was it? And so many people have continued to lose their lives in warfare the world over. The message of this poem is clear. We who live have a responsibility to remember those who have died in war, and not simply to remember them, but to bring meaning to their sacrifice and the senselessness of war by seeking peace. The young dead soldiers do not speak. Nevertheless, they are, they are heard in the still houses. Who has not heard them? They have a silence that speaks for them at night and when the clock counts. They say, we were young, we have died, remember us. They say, we have done what we could, but until it is finished, it is not done. They say, we have given our lives, but until it is finished, no one can know what our lives gave. They say, our deaths are not ours, they are yours. They will mean what you make them. They say, whether our lives and our deaths were for peace and a new hope, or for nothing, we cannot say. It is you who must say this. We leave you our deaths. Give them their meaning. We were young, they say. We have died. Remember us.
I've, um, I've long thought that, um, that words and speeches, and there have been an awful lot of them this week in, in, in our society, words and speech are such inadequate ways to express our feelings about this topic of war, aren't they? It, it goes beyond words. The two-minute silence that we started our Remembrance Sunday service with, that silence seems so much more appropriate, doesn't it, as a, as a response. And the silence reminds us of the silence that fell upon those battlefields of northern France and Belgium on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of the, the year 1918 when the armistice was signed to end what became known as the First World War. As a child, I found it hard to imagine the soldiers, dutiful to the end, keeping on firing at one another on that last day, right up until that last minute of the war. Thousands of soldiers were killed on that very morning, a hundred years ago today. It all seems so senseless, doesn't it? Senseless, but also complex. And it's the complexity of war that can make speaking about it so difficult. I think the arts have a way of expressing the inexpressible through music, through photography, painting, sketches, some made on the very front lines of the battlefields. And I think through poetry. Um, poetry, Wordsworth reminds us, is the spontaneous overflow of powerful feelings. It can sometimes express the inexpressible, can't it? That haunting image at the start of Archibald MacLeish's poem uh, that Roy read for us earlier on, the young poem, the young dead soldiers do not speak. Nevertheless, they are heard in the still houses. Who has not heard them? They have a silence that speaks for them at night and when the clock counts. They say, we were young, we have died, remember us. So many important poets responded to the horrors of the First World War. And I know lots of us learnt these poems at school. The images have shaped some of our remembering of war, haven't they? Wilfred Owen's Dulce et decorum est, bent double like old beggars under sacks, knock-kneed, coughing like hags, we cursed through sludge. I don't know many of your personal stories of war. Some of you here today may have been combatants or served in other ways in the armed forces. Some of you will have had relatives who died or were injured in war. Our families through the generations are changed forever by the chance nature of combat. And it's understandable that a country needs to honour those who have fought in wars. But a concern is there, isn't it, that we avoid any sense of glorifying conflict. I'm going to read a short extract from a longer piece written in, 19, in 2014 rather by a veteran, Harry Leslie Smith, who was then aged 93. He'd fought in the Second World War, and if you've never read any of his pieces, he, he, he writes, um, I think, very important material about the complexities of war. 
And he was voicing his concerns that we as a society in 2014 did not start to become all jingoistic about the First World War. He didn't want us to forget that it was a war fought primarily by <coughs> ordinary working people from many countries. People who actually had no fight with one another, but were forced to fight by those in power, and sometimes for dubious reasons. And he was saying that he wouldn't be wearing his poppy again. Um, next year, he writes, I won't wear the poppy, but I will, until my last breath, remember the past and the struggles my generation made to build this country into a civilised state for the working and middle classes. If we are to survive as a progressive nation, we have to start tending to our living because the wounded, our poor, our underemployed youth, our hard-pressed middle class and our struggling seniors shouldn't be left to die on the battleground of modern life. Words from uh, Harry Leslie Smith. War goes on and it takes many forms. So let's remember those who've died in warfare in times past and times present. Oh, let's do all we can to avoid such wars in the future and to find more humane ways to deal with world conflicts, of which there will always be many. When we hear politicians speak of nationalism, of glory, or demonising some perceived enemy near or far, let us not be caught up in that kind of patriotic fervour. No, let's remember instead the common humanity we share with all people and the common life force that runs through all living beings who share our planet Earth home. And when we find ourselves despairing about the state of our wider world and about conflicts in distant lands, let's focus our attention back on our own country and work to heal the divisions that exist right here. And periodically, let's remember to examine the state of our own thinking, our own feeling state. It may be that some discord within our own lives is waiting, ready to be healed. There, be, there may be a new thought to have. There may be a brave conversation for us to start. There may be an act of reconciliation that needs us to set it in motion. Then, the loss of so many lives through warfare may not have been in vain then the remembering we engage in may bear fruits of peace and love and justice. And may this be so. Amen. Peace is finding ways to communicate, to speak and to listen. Peace is being prepared to give ground sometimes. Peace means acceptance of that which is. Peace means finding gentle ways to right wrongs. Peace means respect for those who are different from us. Peace requires justice. Peace is like sweet music after harsh and discordant sounds. And so in the week ahead, 
May each of us find the meaning of peace in our own lives and share the seeds of peaceful possibilities with others we meet along the way. Amen. Amen. Go well and blessed be.